the legend of Cole Calhoun continues to grow. The only thing he's missing is a pair of gold underwear. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Bunches. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Lockdown MLB Bunch in the Discovers tab. You can also click the link in the description show notes to join the Lockdown MLB community today. Uh, the Guardians took two out of three from the Twins in a game they probably should have lost. If we are being honest, we'll get into it. Uh, for multiple reasons. And uh, Cole Calhoun, listen, he's on a hot streak, so I got to keep saying he's a bum who should be cut. We have talked about him at nauseum. We'll talk about his performance today. But I'm going to just dig this line in the sand. I hope he comes back. But if he has more than 150 plate appearances next year, something has gone horrifically wrong. And that's 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 my line. It's not going to change. I don't need to talk about him any more than that. Uh, I'll talk about his performance because it was, again, good. You know, it, this was a game... Uh, I wish I could tell you I watched every minute of it, but today was both mine and my own kiddos meet the teacher nights. And at the end of the eighth inning, of course, I've got to run at 240, 2.40 my time to drive the five minutes to then park a half a block away or two blocks away, actually. Walk to the school carrying the big box of supplies, meet the teacher, do all this stuff. And it's great. It's my first kid. I, I'm taking to school and doing this stuff, with, but I missed all of the fun. I get a text from Justin like they're trying to give this game away. And Cole Calhoun, and I'm like, what? what what's going on? <laughs> the of twins, the, of course, the twins did try to give it away. They did, they did give it away. Actually, the umpires helped a little bit. Um, that's the thing, though. Like the Guardians have not played well enough this season to earn any luck. They've been inconsistent. They've done a lot of little things wrong this year. They've just found they they found ways to lose. Remember, we talked all year. A bad team finds way to lose and guardians have done that a lot this year. So they have not really earned themselves a lot of breaks. They, you know, there were some they didn't get today. I mean, Bybee pitched pretty good. I think the walk to Julian and the walk to Polanco. Yeah. The wild uh, pitch hurt. Yeah. And he was squeezed a little bit at times. He did throw a wild pitch that hurt. He made one bad pitch was the, was the single there. That was fine. I mean, he was good. Otherwise, it was the fifth inning and you could kind of tell he was starting to try to empty the tank get out of the inning. And then he ended up with a walk and he couldn't go back out the rest of the game. Luckily for him, you know, the bullpen picked him up. I mean, we're going to talk about the bullpen later in the show, but Bybee had eight strikeouts. He was really rolling early in the game. That fifth inning is about the only thing I think that really did him in. He had some, you know, some tough pitches early in the game, but he was good. He was pitching himself out of a couple of jams and he had some walks. He was missing bats. He had 13 whiffs today. Um, continue just having another good day. But, you know, the, when your bullpen throws up zeros like that, you get to, you earn yourself some leeway. Um, they didn't really – they worked a lot of walks. I mean, they worked a walk off Caleb Theobar, although I think he walked Jose Ramirez intentionally, so then that one didn't count. Yeah. Duran walked somebody, and then, of course, the Twins brought in Emilio Pagan, who is like the Guardians' win probability at a leader for the last two years at this point. Uh, the best reliever in- for Cleveland. 
is yeah. So that's really funny. Is Mila Pagan? That's a little bit of the luck. Hey, they earn they earn some luck by the twins having to bring him in because they had no other choice. I don't know. And can we also talk about like something else I tweeted out in the middle of the game? Is like Rocco Badelli doing his best anti analytical moment when you've got the guys Ooh. on. And you've got Stephen Kwan up to the plate. What have we talked about all year? Stephen Kwan's got reverse platoon splits. And while Cleveland's announced crew may never talk about this, almost every other announced team I've ever talked about the idea of reduce, reduce uh, reverse platoon splits this year. Just talked about the Blue Jays talking about, talked about the Rockies talking about. Announcers know this thing right. is a thing. And they go and get the lefty to face Stephen Kwan, who is punishing lefties this year and mediocre against righties. And what does he promptly do? Got a, yeah, RBI, yeah. He had a he had a he had a good series. He had a three hit game on Tuesday, and he had a two hit game in, on Wednesday with a uh, leadoff double and the RBI single. He's been pretty steady again lately. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if I really buy into like I like this year. It is happening. Like he, it was good proof right there, right? That Quan has been doing better against lefties this year than righties. Although he had the RB, he had the leadoff double against Sonny Gray, who was pretty really good, good early on. Yeah, he was really good. So I, I don't know that I buy into it more than just being noise at this point, but it worked out today. It's been it's been happening this year. I don't know if like I don't know. I I always want to sit in on one of these meetings, like these these pre because you know we're gonna talk about coaching here in a little bit too. But like obviously the the pitching coach, the catchers, and the pitchers all go team meetings against certain hitters um, before the series starts. They have a, they have a talk about you know certain guys how they're gonna approach certain guys. And I'm sure it got brought up that, hey, Quan is hitting lefties better this year than righties, but maybe they don't believe it's more than anything that's that's fluky because that's probably what it is. But the fact is it keeps happening, and Rocco Baladelli is like, I don't believe in that either, so I'm just going to bring the lefty in. Maybe he just thought the odds were going to eventually turn on him, and they they did not. But I, I think and I, and I think Quan's got no issues with lefties. I mean, I think he's going to hit them just fine. I don't know if – He's going to hit them better than righties in his career, but I think he's going to be just fine with because of his approach. Um, I don't know. Rock, Rocco Baldelli. Like, I also understand why he challenged that call in the ninth inning. It definitely did not hit Naylor. That's what we, have, we should really get into is uh, the Guardians should not have gotten extra. They lost this, this game. game. Yeah, yeah, they lost this game. Uh, it, simply. If you go look at the replay, Bo Naylor swung at strike three. The ball did not hit him. He was moving up to get out of the way, so it didn't hit him. And – the twins were challenging it, hoping that they were going to get him. Mean, it's the ninth inning and you're going to lose, you know, use the challenge or go to extra innings. Maybe they'll get it wrong. Cause somehow the replay gets it wrong. Sometimes I don't know why, but um, they challenged it and he wasn't anywhere near close to getting hit by the pitch. It was a wild pitch and allowed the tying run to score off of Johan Duran, who was a very tough customer, but has had some, some blips lately. But Naylor, when he took a step forward, the bat also went forward, and he actually did swing. Like, if you go find the replay, he swung. I don't know how. I don't know if that's, like, a reviewable call, or I'm sure the Twins knew it. And the thing is, if you don't – I don't know if you can tell an umpire, hey, we want to challenge that he swung at the pitch, because that wasn't the call. If you, if the umpires – it's the same thing as when the second-base umpire the didn't push say – Pushed off the bag, right? Yeah, Jimmy Anderson or Rokio pushed him off the bag. The umpires didn't initially rule it. So you can't challenge a call that was never made. Um, they were challenging the hit by pitch. So unable in New York, unable to review that call. So the Guardians got a little break there. But just absolutely hilarious that they get that break. And, of course, it's it's Cole Calhoun who comes up with the big hit. Not only, not only is it a big hit, 
it's a 3-0 pitch, and it's off a lefty. Like, Cole Calhoun, I, I don't know what his splits are, but he's a lefty. I have to imagine he hasn't really, like, been better against lefties in his career. Maybe he has. Uh, not, pull it up while you're talking. This year, <laughs> this year he is crushing left-handers. Uh, it's 25, that's 28 play appearances, so let's not get crazy here. But, but I mean, we're getting crazy about all of his plate appearances. It is crazy. Game. And of course, it's a 3-0 pitch against the lefty, and he hammers the heck out of it. Like, we are reaching Giambi levels here of, of Which is the reference if you didn't get weirdness. that at the top of the show. Just yeah, yeah, that was, the, that was the open. It was... Uh, so he was versus lefties a 94 for his career versus righties a 104. Okay, so he's been passable against lefties in his yeah. career. I just can't believe I don't I mean outside of Jose Ramirez, there's nobody else in this team where you'd be like, Yeah, this guy should be swinging 3 0. Actually, Calhoun's not one of the guys I'd pick for that, but there's nobody on this team who I'd be like, Yeah, swing 3 0 if you get one. Calhoun no, I wouldn't pick anyone right now, honestly. Outside of yeah, probably probably not. But maybe neither when he's back. Calhoun did, and <laughs> It won in the game. The bullpen was good, and Calhoun ends up winning another game for him. That's that's nine straight games with a home run for the Guardians. Like, imagine that. You start hitting home runs, you win some ball games. Now, they didn't win the Dodgers series, but this is now the second time this year they've won back-to-back series. Could they win their first – could they have their first three straight series wins with Tampa Bay coming in? They have they not won three. three in a row of anything. We've learned that this year. Yeah, there's they no not. sweep. There's no three wins. There's nothing. If what one sweep? I think one. Yes, one sweep against the Royals. I believe. No, yeah. was it and maybe if if you get like somewhat normal pitching on Monday night, this is a sweep. You know, like it's just a weird. This is a weird series, and I think things are only getting weirder. The Cole Calhoun thing is weird. The Twins are weird. The series was weird. The Guardians are getting a little bit healthier. We're talking. We'll talk about more about Cole Calhoun's impact in a little bit, and we're going to talk about if things are are getting weird here as we go into September. So, uh, yeah, stick around for all that good stuff. Stick around for the weirdness. So. Let's talk about who we talked about at the top of the ad. Okay, Locked On Guardians fans, I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans. Where you can chat in sports in real time. Click the link in the show notes description to join the app or go to Apple App Store and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other Locked On sports fans. Bunches is a completely free sports app. And the Lockdown MLB group chat is on Bunches. And it's a place to go to chat about your favorite team and keep up on the latest news. Tell uh, have questions or comments about today's episode. Chat about it in the Lockdown MLB Bunches with other fans. Download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Lockdown MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description slash show notes to join the Lockdown MLB Bunch community today. Guardians are off on Thursday, but Friday they are hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. It's going to be Cal Quantrill and Tyler Glass now at 710. You can listen to all the action if you can't be there in person on your SiriusXM app. Just search Guardians. Uh, there, there was an interesting comment at the end of the game. You know, we've already seen comments about um, Will Brennan just saying how much he has liked Cole Calhoun being around. 
And then Andre not had an interview with Cole after the game. Obviously, I forget the, the go-ahead homer. Tanner Bybee was uh, 13 years old when Cole Calhoun debuted. So I'm sure that made him feel real good. But uh, Tanner obviously is not too far from where the Angels play and, you know, kind of grew up watching that. And he, you know, Dre had passed along a message that the, he, that how much Tanner has enjoyed Cole Calhoun being around. And, and we keep seeing these comments. Like, I know we've talked about the leadership factor uh, a it's couple of times of... about Cole Calhoun, but like every, every, every time something happens and I'm even looking at Instagram, trying to think of who posted it today. There was someone on Instagram after the home run was, I think it was Bo Naylor. And um, he reposted the, the, the highlight of Cole Calhoun's home run. And I think the caption was big daddy or something. And I'm like, they're, they're little or Papa. It was Papa Cole or something. And I'm like, he really is taking on the Jason Giambi role. Like, like every time you hear this team is, is, hitting more home runs. I mean, how many guys in that situation on this team would have had the confidence? Again, I'm going back to the 3-0 home run. Like, Jose Ramirez has that swagger. There is nobody else in this team who would have that either A, the green light, uh, or B, the confidence to swing at that pitch. Cole Calhoun, like, did. he? Yeah, that's the one pitch he was looking for. He got it, and it worked. But it, it kind of remind, reminds me of the uh, – they didn't. They didn't blow the game this time. They were already down. They they came back. But do you yeah. remember the game in 2013 where Jason Giambi hit the walk off home run against the White Sox? Not really. Uh, it was. It was. <laughs> it was. It was in September, and it was off of. I want to say it was Nate Jones. Um, Chris Perez had blown the game in the top of the ninth inning, and then the next inning, Giambi came up. There was two outs, and there was a runner on, and it goes Michael Brantley. He hit a he hit a walk off home run, and it, that was the start of the ten game winning streak. For the guard for the Indians back then, um, that propelled them into the, into the wild card spot that year. I'm not saying this that that's the, this is what what's happening here, but that home run just kind of reminded me of that. Like that's why I keep getting this whole this whole Jason Giambi vibe from from Cole Calhoun. And the more and more I hear players talk about the impact he's having, having Will Brennan, Tanner Bybee, you know, now now even the pitchers are are enjoying his presence. Like it's not just the hitters who are learning from him or, or liking him at, around. Can we talk then about like how much of a waste <laughs> it was to keep like Ahmed because he's this great clubhouse guy? It's like if this team is so starved for leadership, and I get it, that is not Jose's style. And Jose is I'm not gonna I'm not saying this is a negative on him, but he is not that guy who's gonna step into that void. Uh but if you have just nobody like last year, everything went pretty well. So they didn't need someone, but God, it feels like this team needed someone to step into that leadership void. And I mean, I guess it has to be a player. It also feels like that's part of what Tito did in the past. And I just wonder if maybe but we've talked about that. It, it, it's different when it comes from a player, you have to have so, the Mike but, Napoli's, you have to have yeah. the Jason Jambies. You have but to have like, those guys in the, the locker room of keeping them at like, honestly, right. if you're going to hold on to him because he's the clubhouse glue, well, it seems the clubhouse glue had no stick to it. And I know people are like, they're still complaining about Ahmed, but it's just, I mean, looking at now, it's like, my goodness. Oh, Calhoun's like, honey, everything's yeah, attracted to him and he's, everything to him. he's, he's all sticky. Uh, <laughs> that gold <laughs> underwear that is going to fit very weird. <laughs> that, that clip. There we go. You can clip that. He's, he's all sticky. There we go. There we go. I made that so someone can make a gif uh, of that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, I'll go back to what I said that I said I wasn't going to say, but it's like, I'm all 
from keeping him in this leadership slash bench role. There's value in that. There's value in letting the young guys get the reps. You know, another interesting thing today, you know, I were discussing this before the show is like Gabby Arias talking in English, you know, pretty last three games. Oh, I'm seeing the little thing with my Wi-Fi and hoping everything doesn't fall apart. But him talking about, oh, playing the position he knows and the, how that's allowed him to kind of relax and play. And Justin made a great point saying like, well, he hasn't earned that right to like, you know, he's got to be able to play multiple positions. But at the same time, it's like, you know, having Gabby in a set place and playing and him playing better and the power potential there. What Cole Hoon is doing, Cole Hoon, I'm making it one word. What Ka- Cole he keeps splicing his doing, name together. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, you know, what he has brought to this team seems to be real, important and valuable. And you know, having that on the bench is good. Having that uh, with this team is is huge. And it really is one of those things to look back and be like, man, you know, would his impact have been, all year or because listen he's going to calm down his bathroom assign him instead of everything Bell, else obviously yes well i mean you know josh Bell left and everything got fixed so weird how, yeah <laughs> i don't know speaking of that well while, while we're on the subject of coaching you know if you saw that article if you haven't seen it it was on uh mlb trade rumors who you know they do some good feature pieces on, on stuff like that and then sometimes uh not necessarily they're there besides their arbitration predictions um, other stuff's kind of rough, but they had a piece about how Josh Bell was starting his breakout before he left for my, before he got traded to Miami. So like, could have seen this coming. I think everybody saw it coming and we were looking through the numbers the other day and Josh Bell, the one thing you can look at with him. Yeah. He's having a great month so far. He had a great month this August and in Miami, uh, his launch angle is a career high right now. 14. He has never had a launch angle that high. Now, granted, it's just one month. The whole his best, the best launch angle of his entire career is thirteen point one for a whole season. I don't know about month by month, but um, <clears throat> right now at fourteen, it's high. It was nine here, and he talked before he came to the year about how he knows when he does. You know, he goes through stretches where he has too many ground balls and then he struggles. Like he was very aware of that. Everything else, though, like his average exit velocity is lower than, right now than it was in Cleveland. His max exit velocity is lower right now than it was in Cleveland. His hard hit rate is lower right now than it was in Cleveland. The only thing he's doing better now is hitting more fly balls. And there was a quote in there about Bell saying something he talked about with the hitting coach about watching certain video before the game and uh, how pitchers might attack him, and he can work on that in batting practice. I saw a bunch of people talking about how, oh, this is why Cleveland's broken. They don't do this. And it's like, no, that's a pretty straightforward concept. Like, just because it's not being set here doesn't mean it's not being done. Teams watch video together before the game, before series start, before each game. Guys, there's so much video. There's so much strategy. I guarantee you Chris Faleka wasn't saying, it wasn't saying, oh, I'm, we're not going to talk about how they're going to attack you. Just go out there and swing. This is very standard practice. He just happened to point out something that's working for him right now. And this has been Josh Bell his entire career. Josh Bell has made an entire career of being inconsistent. Medi- Inconsistent, yeah, mediocre one half, and not mediocre, bad half. one half, bad. and then he was he was hor- he had an eighty runs created plus. That's over the court. That's like Ahmed Rosario this year offense. He was better. He was and better then, with Cleveland this year than he was with San Diego yeah, last year. The, so when he, he got was. traded, he he but won a he won his silver slugger. So good based yeah. on half a season. He yeah, he won a silver slugger last half year. A season. Yeah, he had an eighty WRC plus with the Padres last year and. 53 games and 97 games this year. He had 97, 97 WRC plus with Cleveland. So he was better for Cleveland than he was 
with uh, with San Diego. So do you give the Guardians credit for that? Like they improved him, I guess. Or or how about Ramon Laureano and Cole Calhoun coming here? Like this is this is why I don't put a whole lot of stock into coaching in terms of how much impact they have like yes you need them but at the same time because you have to have have a an outside a set of eyes looking at things but at the same time a lot of people want to give the player credit when things are going well and they want to blame the coaches when things are going bad and a lot of times this is on the player and their performance but it's also very cyclical like guys go through stretches like this josh bell guys are who they are josh bell like you said has made his entire career out of being bad for half a season and good for half a season like Nothing has changed, you know. He again, and in, in the in the batted ball data would show you that he's not really hitting the ball any harder than he is in Miami than he was here. He's just getting it in the air more, and sometimes that matters, uh, or it does matter a lot. We've talked about launch angle on the show a ton, but I don't know. I just that's why I don't that's why I don't buy into like blaming coaches for every little thing because a lot of people are quick to rush to give the players credit when things are good, and they rush to give the blame on coaches when things are bad. But also, you know, when you give Cooks, I don't know, flank steak, and you want flame and yawn. You really blaming the cooks? Yes. Who gave who's well, who's buying the groceries? That's what I'm saying. Who's buying the groceries? Uh, the manager. Some well, somebody's buying them. And if it isn't, if it isn't the coaches, if they're if they're being handled, I'm the, being the, a the jerk. Groceries, I know. Yes, you're good at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am. It's it's my annoying thing. Yes, I mean, there's only so much they can do. And it was very clear if you heard some Matito stuff earlier in the year, like, you know, he's, he's, he's a tinkerer. So are they doing good work with Calhoun and Loriano? Are they doing good work with them? Like, I don't know. Is that, what are we, don't, don't look at any of Cole Calhoun's, um, uh, you know, metrics. Don't look at any of the peripherals. Okay. Just don't, it's don't just enjoy this for what it is right now, because he may not replicate this in, in September. Who knows? Maybe he will. And he'll ride off into the sunset with his 10 years and his pension and say, you know, I did that. You're welcome. And and thank you for giving me 10 years. And it was a fun end of the season. Like he may not replicate this. So just don't look at the peripherals. Enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is. Cause this is very weird. It's very funny. And um, it's, it's a little more enjoyable now. Right. Cause how, how many times this season would we come on the show and we're like, Oh God, what are we going to talk about? Oh, this team's inconsistent. Oh, look at that. The bullpen gave up the lead. Oh, look at that. They couldn't hit when they pitched well. Like, there are so many games this year I can count where it was just painful and people were telling us how painful it was. So just enjoy the satisfaction that Cole Calhoun has made this season weird and interesting. Speaking of the bullpen, we should talk about the bullpen. Are you ready for that, Jeff? Can we come back? I am. Let's do it. The NFL is coming back. It's coming soon. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday tickets from YouTube and YouTube TV. Let me tell you, YouTube TV costs a good bit. So if you want to add NFL ticket, this is a good offer for you because uh, I would take the money off of this this offer right now. Now is the time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you are not going to want to miss. 
FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Off day Thursday, so enjoy that one. Uh, feeling like fall weather here in Cleveland. But on Friday, if you can't get to the ballpark, if you're out at a high school football game, uh, listen to the game on your Sirius XM app. Just search Guardians on the app. Is the bullpen is the bullpen starting to right the ship a little bit? Because um, it was a very good game today from Trevor Steffen. He got three strikeouts. He might have gotten a gift call on one of them. But I, I really feel like Stefan's pitched better lately. Uh, I believe Sam Henches is now thrown 14 straight scoreless innings or something like that. 14 straight appearances, 14 straight innings, something like that. He is he's on a roll. Class A was pretty dominant again today. Uh, Trevor Stefan has a 138 finished August with a 138 ERA. And, you know, since James Karinczak has come back, he has not been – isn't blown up better yet. than he was in triple a which sometimes it's, happens yeah so tra- yeah trevor stefan 13 innings in august 17 strikeouts two walks two runs uh i don't have henches numbers in front of me right now but he's been really good in august yeah henches has been better stefan's been better karen Jack hasn't been awful i feel like it's been a while knock on wood we haven't seen class a having those weird blow-ups um i feel like the pen is is clicking at the right time now i still don't really know how i feel about nick sandlin his weird demise and Cody Morris. Cody Morris was good today. He walked a batter, didn't give a hit or anything. Um, I really want to know why he's throwing his cutter so much. I don't think his cutter is that great of a pitch. Maybe I'm wrong, but he throws his cutter an awful lot. It felt like watching him out there like it was on a razor's edge at various points, like where balls got hit <laughs> yeah. well, but just happened to go. I, I did not feel good at any point where Cody Morris. Yeah, he was on day, skates and everything. Yeah. Which is just a shame. Like a year ago at this time, he looked so good. Like he was starting yeah. and looked good. It's, I, but most of the bullpen, I mean, except for Sandlin and Morris, I don't know. We'll see about Morris, but except for Sandlin, I feel like everyone is trending in the right direction. Like, even I have to look at Eli Morgan. I know we the other day we had Eli Morgan talking about how he had allowed, what was it? He like was nine at runs like, in his, in his last at, 11 yeah. games. The last two, maybe, I think he's not given up a run. Like, we're seeing some signs of his changeup was really good the well. other night. Uh, he finished August with a 238 ERA in 11 innings, yeah. 16 strikeouts, five walks, 267 uh, Woba against him this month, a FIP of 291. So everybody's kind of moving in the right direction. Like <laughs> you have Cole Calhoun, you know, f- finding the fountain of youth. Uh, David Fry had a home run tonight in Columbus. He should be coming back, hopefully. Josh Naylor is on his way back. The Guardians have homered in nine straight games. I, Not words get... we thought we'd ever say this year, right? <laughs> and they're and that's what I'm saying. They've won two straight series. When you, I mean, they. I know that the Dodgers series was tough, but let's be honest, they're not gonna. They're not really gonna beat the that Dodgers, Dodgers series is tough for they, anyone. But this is two. Dodgers. This is two playoff teams they've beaten in a row. I mean, the Twins, for all of their warts, for all the the funny stuff we talk about with this weird division, right now they're the division leaders. They're gonna go to the playoffs. The Guardians just beat them. Can I talk uh, about fun. watching the, their broadcast? They had a whole thing uh, where they're like, hey, you know, the, they're going to make it by playing three rookies at once. That's unheard of. They they were very careful not to watch last season unfold the way it did. But apparently that was the Guardians are going to are the Guardians are, are hanging in there with three rookie, four rookie pitchers right now. And Cal Quantra comes back Friday. Um 
we didn't talk about it yesterday, but Beaver and McKenzie both through bullpens the other day, and I guess they're both feeling good. So we'll see what happens when they go on a rehab appearance. But bullpens were the next step. And I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I'm not I'm not gonna let myself get sucked in, but the Guardians are six and four against the Twins. They have three more games to go. Now we'll see what happens against Tampa Bay. The Twins go to Texas, I think, to play the Rangers. They're falling apart right now, the Rangers. So they are they desperately need that series. They, the Rangers, if you could smell if, if Texas Rangers were a smell, they would reek of desperation. They need a series win. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and the Guardians, if look, if there is any glimmer of hope that they're going to do something weird in September, they have to win the series coming up against the Twins at home. Um, but if the Guardians win just one more game against the Twins in that series, they will win the season series against the Twins. So if some by some weird force of nature, these two teams have the same record at the end of the season, if they win one more game next week against the Twins, they would hold the tiebreaker and win the division. Now, I don't think they can necessarily win the division, and I don't think they can do it without winning two of three next week against the Twins. But, again, if there's some weird miracle here and they they win one game next week, they hold the tiebreaker. Is this going to get weird? Are we going to have a weird September? You know, the humor of this to me is just thinking about, like, again, this team has been really bad for most this year. It's like, couldn't why couldn't they just beat the darn Tigers? Why couldn't they beat the Tigers if they just took care of business against a bad Tigers team? Uh, they would be this wouldn't be an issue. They've won four of their last six. Um, this was let's see, they won four of their last six. They finish August 11 and 16, so it's actually their worst month of the season. It's the they only had a, a run differential. Uh, they had quite a bad run differential. So this was their worst month of the season, but they won four or six to end it. I don't know. I, if Cole Calhoun can continue to turn back the sands of time, then maybe anything is possible. Like right. Kevin Garnett. Uh, well, oh, here's that. Out. It's fun right now. They're a fun, interesting young team and just enjoy the ride. And we'll kind of, and if they get healthier in September, I'm just saying if they get healthier in September, like, I don't know. At least there's reason to watch. Like right now, there is reason to watch. I feel the least frustrated. I, I don't know if I really want to buy into this, but I feel the least frustrated I have all year. I don't know if that's weird I, or not. I think it's because our expectation, you know, was that you talked about like expectation is the thief of joy. It's like right now our expectation is so low that this is fun. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's so true. I've stopped having them. Yeah, we flipped the script. But my general view, and this isn't to like be overly negative or anything it's like right now we're having fun because we have no expectation we think they're a bad team and guys overperforming this is what we want right we're seeing the young kids play we'll see gabby arias is trying to make a you know point that this is his job by through performance you know jose is coming out of his cold stretch you get josh naylor back and it's going to transform that lineup and for as much as people want to focus on aaron savale uh not to pull him down or bring him in, but he's only had like 25. He's basically barely going five innings to start for the Rays. Which is normal uh, for the the Rays, numbers yeah. are good. They're fine. He's got, but he's got a 355 ERA, which is guess what his FIP in Cleveland was 354. So his ERA is officially his FIP uh, from his time in Cleveland. And he's starting to give up home runs 
at a higher rate, which was his bugaboo before. So it wasn't Savale that hurt this team. It was Naylor. That is where this, fo- that's why this fall apart. That's why this worst month happened. It was not. I mean, the guy that losing... quit on the team, is that that guy? <laughs> yeah. Everyone thought quit on the team. That's hilarious. People looking at straws, not looking, uh, grasping at straws because they were mad, trying to make others cast in a certain light. It was never Savali that killed this team. It was, it was Naylor. And I think we're seeing that. And the reason they're performing better now is because uh, Calhoun is being a poor man's Naylor. And that's, that's, hey, you know, that works. And again, I don't think there's any chance in any circle of heck that he can maintain this, uh, but enjoy it. And the best thing is, Hey, when Naylor's back, maybe that means Oscar Gonzalez isn't playing all the time and wasting those at bats. I'd rather have, rather, goes up. I'd rather have 95 year old Cole Calhoun out there playing outfield than Oscar Gonzalez right now. I, you could put Gabby back out there. I know he says he feels better at trust. I want to point out one thing too. I did read that Jose, talk to Gabby because he had the, you know, he watched that one ball that he hit the other night to right field and he should have been on third. He had a double um, overcame that today. He had a ball. He hit the right field that he turned a single into a double. And supposedly Jose had something to say to him about not watching the home run the other night. So Jose did yeah. kind of become the vocal leader there. And Gabby learned I remember on the field. In the tangibly learned something. He was supposed to be their guy. Like if you remember, he was a med and Jose's guy. They were really big on Gabby in the preseason. He was the guy that they were supposed to be taking on their wing and making better and um, just didn't see as much during the year, but no, it's, it's important. It's valuable. And hopefully we're seeing it. What's also valuable is your time. So we want to thank everyone who has joined us for this show today. Tomorrow's show, we'll get into the managers. I know people want to talk about where we think they're coming and you and I for once have diametrically different views on who the manager will be. So that'll be a fun discussion. We'll talk prospects as well. For those of you who say, Hey, they're only a few games back. When we're talking prospects, it's an off day. Lay off. Be calm. Be cool. <laughs> and be it's September. To each other. It's call-up day. Yeah, and we're going to maybe dive into some 40-man chatter if we have time as well. Who should be added? Thank you all for everything you do. All of our everydayers out there. And go, go, Guardians, go.